Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Alerts, the show where I take you guys behind the scenes with me, Mongo Alerts. Hope everyone's having a good day so far today. In today's episode, there's a whole lot of news this past week. We got anime news, some manga news, some behind the scenes stuff. So before I begin, today's soundtrack is provided by Perfect Vibes. Perfect is a royalty copyright free playlist filled with music spanning several genres, including hip hop, house, and afro. If you guys really like the soundtrack, go ahead and check them out over at Perfect Vibes on all social media platforms. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and start off the show with manga news. Up first, Insomniac's After School final chapter is now available to read on the Viz Media app. The series concluded with 125 chapters. Viz currently holds the license in the US, and right now we're currently at Volume 2, with Volume 3 coming out on September 19th. Now, I personally have not read Insomniac's After School. I do have, I believe, Volumes 1 and 2, only because I had a few of my followers recommend it to me. I picked them up off of Right Stuff, then later on I found out it was on the Viz Media app. I'm still probably going to collect it physically, but I'm definitely going to check it out on the Viz app and see if I vibe with it or not and go from there. Up next, Berserk Deluxe Edition Volume 1 is starting to hit Walmart now. So user Kurosaki One Piece over on Reddit spotted at their local Walmart that they're starting to carry Berserk Deluxe Edition Volume 1, which is pretty cool. When I posted it, a few of my followers also checked their Walmarts and confirmed that they saw this as well too. However, your mileage is going to vary because each Walmart is different. Some might have it, some don't. So I'd recommend hauling before you head over there. But also, I believe Walmart has manga online as well too. For I believe they price match Amazon prices. I'm not sure about rights of prices, but they're about similar. So as far as my thoughts on that, I think that's another big step into, again, having manga being more widely accessible to the public because again before when it came to manga specifically in the u.s you would only find it in like super small sections or dedicated spots in certain stores but now that we're seeing it in places like target and now walmart it's starting to show up a lot more which is good because again the more accessible it is the more people are going to be inclined to pick it up and try it out and get into the hobby up next, Boruto 2 Blue Vortex Chapter 1 is now available to read on Manga Plus. So this is the new Boruto arc after going on a three month break. The new chapters will still continue to release monthly. When I read Boruto, I thought it was actually not too bad. I felt like Naruto with its story should have ended right there. I think there's like a bonus few chapters. It's called Naruto, the seventh Hokage and the Scarlet Spring. I thought that whole story was pretty good. But going back to Boruto, the manga from up to like the very beginning to where it ended right now, it's not too bad. I think it ends at the code arc. I'd give it like a strong 6.5 out of 10. Definitely with the new arc, I really like the, it's basically, I think I saw someone say, this is Boruto Shippuden, and I can't blame them because I think almost every character had a time skip design update, and not gonna lie, they all look pretty cool. They all look really good. I'm definitely going to be keeping up with this one and seeing where the story goes and maybe see how that turns out. Up next, a sign of affection has been added to the K-Manga app. So for those that don't know, 
The K-Manga app is a app very similar to the Weekly Shonen Jump app, but the difference is that this app is in the US for right now, unless you have a VPN that you could use to access it. But they said they're going to open up the app in the website into more countries. But to go back, A Sign of Affection will be a simulpub series in which the chapters will be releasing monthly. Right now, you can read up to chapter 38 in the app using their like ticket and point system. As far as my thought, I really like A Sign of Affection. I think I have up to volume six. For those that don't know, the story follows a deaf college student named Yuki, whose world revolves around her friends, social media, and typical college lifestyle stuff. But then one day during a train ride, she encounters meeting a friend of a friend and fellow student, Eat Suomi. The catch is with this relationship is that Eat Suomi does not know sign language. So as the plot progresses, we get to see how they overcome the challenges they face given the dynamic that one of them is deaf and the other one isn't. It's a really good read. The relationship between the characters feels natural and I really want to see where the relationship goes. Up next, this is the probably like the biggest one that came out this past week. It was announced in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 38 that Black Clover will be transferring its serialization to Jump Giga. So for those that don't know, Jump Giga is Shueisha's sister magazine that releases every three months as compared to Weekly Shonen Jump, which releases weekly. And at the end of the chapter, Tabitha wrote a note, which says the following. As the serialization of Black Clover has been going on for a long time, the increasing demands of the schedule for a weekly serialization has been clashing more and more with my own situation as a manga author. Therefore, I've been discussing this with the editorial department for a while, and this time we have decided to transfer the serialization to Giga. It's a sudden move and it might surprise the readers. I would like to apologize for not being able to finish the serialization in Weekly Shonen Jump. However, with Giga, I believe I can proceed with the climax of Black Clover in a more optimal condition, aligning with my personal situation as a writer. There are still quite a few stories I like to draw that I must draw. So please look forward to them. I'll do my best to bring Black Clover to a successful conclusion. While this may need a bit of your patience, I will definitely power up in the upcoming winter issue of Giga. So I would be grateful if you can keep an eye on Asta and everyone's future. Thank you so much for your continued support. And honestly, I agree. Overall, I feel like every author should be given more time to work on their stuff. Now I get it that it's a business. It's always been the way to go about it. But I feel like in some of these more intricate stories, authors should have more breathing room in order to tell their story properly. With this news though, there have been some misconceptions going around and I'm gonna address them. So I saw someone talk about how will this affect the volumes that have already been released, in which I can say the move to Jump Giga will not affect the volumes that have already been released. So in the US, currently we're on volume 32, with volume 33 releasing in November. This also won't affect how we get the manga here in the US. So even though it's moving to a different magazine, the magazine is still owned by Shueisha, meaning that we're still going to get the manga right on Shonen Jump and Manga Plus. What this move will affect is future releases. So because Jump Giga releases in three month intervals, there's going to be more spaces between the chapters. However, we should expect to see more pages per chapter because of the space. 
In addition, there's also going to be more space between the volume releases because the chapters are going to release at a slower pace. Which, again, that's completely fine. I feel like at the point where he's at right now, take all the time you need, get your bearings, take care of yourself, and then when you come back, finish the story strong. Now, hot take, you know who else I think should also make the move to Jump Giga? My Hero Academia. I feel like with the way the war arc has been going right now, with the super intricate detailing on each panel, the seven-page chapters that we've been getting, I feel like if there was more space in between chapters, it would flow a way better than where we're at right now. Up next, this news right here just happened today as of recording this. Jujutsu Kaisen leaker Mayamura got their account suspended. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is so far the third time this has happened. For context, the first time we've seen someone get taken down for leaks was Shonen Leaks with Shueisha. The second time with Sugoi Light and Osa, those guys got taken down by Kanakawa. So seeing this happen again with Mayamura, it's pretty big. So how do these accounts get taken down? Well, let me explain. <laughs> so this is through Twitter's DMCA takedown system. Because guess what? I got one in my early days of being on Twitter. So the way it works is when you get one in your email, it'll say, hey, I noticed you are using my copyrighted material without my permission. So in response, to protect that right that I have for that copyrighted material, I'm going to take it down. From there, you can either contest the claim and submit a counterclaim. However, if you do that, you would need to disclose your personal information to whoever is issuing the counterclaim. That's like one of the easiest ways to get yourself doxxed, especially if someone doesn't actually own that copyrighted material and they're submitting a false claim on you. Or what you can do, which is what I did when I got the notice, was just delete the post. Now, I'm not sure if the DMCA still sticks on your account or after a certain period of time, it just falls off. The approach that they're taking with these leak accounts is they let these accounts rack up on a lot of infringements. So what this means is leaked pages, artwork in the chapters, all that stuff. After a period of time, they will issue the DMCA takedowns all at once, leaving no time for the person who's been affected by this to respond, thus suspending the account until the issue gets resolved. So in the case of Shonen Leaks, it wasn't just one punishment that took him down. It was all the other things related to Weekly Shonen Jump that they posted that took him down. In the case of Sugoi Light and Osef, they went through the same thing. However, they were able to get around this by figuring out it was mostly targeting their coverage on Katakawa stuff. So if you look at their accounts now, they steered away from covering anything Katakawa. In this case, with Mayamura, very similar to Shonen Leaks, and the reason why Shueisha was brought up twice in this case is because they are notorious for being strict on anything piracy related. So a while back in a lost episode, not really like a lost episode, kind of a lost episode of Behind the Manga, the podcast that I run with Winter Venom and Vampy. There was an episode that I came up with in response to Shueisha work with local governments to take down piracy sites. I think I saw someone tag everybody, like the publishers, everybody and their mom to this account, whatever. When I asked if that actually works, I couldn't really get a straight answer. I would assume so because there's definitely someone who's behind the account who looks at that stuff. 
but I'm not 100% sure if they look at it and they see something, they bring it up to their superiors or not. I don't know. But as of recording this, Mayamura allegedly has three or four burner accounts on standby to continue providing Jujutsu Kaisen leaks. So with all that information, the next question is, how do these leaks, specifically chapter leaks, happen in the manga space? So when doing research for this part of the episode, I ended up stumbling across someone who has relations with TCB scans or One Piece scans, which they are pretty big scalation groups relating to Weekly Shonen Jump. So this is how it all happens. In manga, when we were talking about leaks, leaks refer to someone somehow getting the latest issue of a magazine early, scanning it either through taking pictures or using a photocopy machine and uploading it somewhere in which they'll either leave it at that or they'll work with a handful of people. So for example, Mayamura, Scanlation Group, etc, etc, to get the chapters out earlier than the official release. So for context, Weekly Shonen Jump comes out on Sundays. Leaks usually come out either on Tuesday nights for us in the US, for Weekly Shonen Jump. Other magazines have the same thing happen, but on different days. The way people get their hands on these magazines early is a lot easier than I thought. So the way it works is that there's someone in Japan who finds a magazine store who just flat out does not care about the street date and just purchase it. So for us in the US, we see this happen all the time with Right Stuff Anime somehow like receiving that manga early and then shipping it out like a week or two earlier than the street date. Same thing happens with Barnes and Noble's button stores. One of the more notable examples that happened recently was My Dress Up Darling Volume 9, in which that volume was supposed to release on July 18th, but somehow Right Stuff ended up shipping it out early to customers who pre-ordered it. And that happened, I want to say, on June 10th, when it's supposed to come out on July 18th. I brought this up on a recent Twitter space. I actually had someone who did work at one of these bookstores provide some insight. So every store receives something called shipment and shipment is basically the term that we use to describe boxes that come into the store with the product the store sells and we push out to the shelf. In the case of books, specifically a bookstore, they don't come in with a street date like, oh, you can't sell this by such and such date. When they get it in, they just push it out for people to buy. But that's sort of the gist of how leaks within the manga space works out and kind of how publishers approach said leaks. So with that, let's get into some anime news. Up first, it was announced on Twitter that Demon Lord Retry R will be receiving an anime adaptation. Currently, the production studio and broadcast date are to be announced. And for those that don't know, this is actually a sequel to Demon Lord Retry, which was produced by studio Ikachi Ipilka. Currently right now in the US, J Novel Club has a license for I believe both the manga and the light novel. I don't really have too many thoughts on it. I think it's really cool that we get to see another anime adaptation, which means it's more accessible for people to watch and possibly get into the story. Up next, ZOM 100 Bucket List of the Dead revealed their upcoming broadcast schedule. And here's what that's gonna look like. On August 27th is when episode six is gonna come out. September 3rd is episode seven. September 10th is a compilation of episodes 1 through 7. Then on September 17th is episode 8, 
Next up is episode 9, which comes out on September 24th. And then finally, episodes 10 through 12, their broadcast dates are to be announced. But I'm pretty sure if everything follows through, it'll come out in the subsequent weeks. As far as my thoughts on this, I know I've been hearing that they had some interesting issues with production. I'm not exactly sure what. I tried looking into it, but I couldn't really find a concrete answer. Because it's like a mix of production issues, from what people have said, to unrelated programming coming in the way of delaying stuff. But overall, I'm hoping that this extra time gives them more time to make the episodes look better. I'm not sure if that's exactly how anime production works, but up next, Urusei Yatsura revealed a new key visual, which revealed the second half of the anime will be broadcasting in January 2024. Currently right now in the US, High Dive is where it's on right now. While I haven't personally read Urusei Yatsura, I've heard from many people that it's pretty good, it's pretty funny, and I believe it's also on the Viz Media app as well too, so I'm like, peep it out there. Up next, Shangri-La Frontier also revealed a new key visual, along with confirmation that the series will be broadcasting in two consecutive cores. Right now, the anime is scheduled to stream on October 1st, with Crunchyroll holding the streaming rights for us in the US. I've read Volume 1 thanks to a recommendation from Winter. I believe I bought it from a Humble Bundle sale. I actually liked it a lot. I ended up picking up up to Volume 5 from this last birthday sale. So I'm pretty excited to see how the anime is going to turn out to be. And then finally, the last big one is the Haiku Twitter account revealed a new preview trailer for the upcoming Haiku final movie. I believe they revealed a name for part one, which is called Decisive Battle at the Garbage Dump. Now, I did see somewhere that that's just the literal translation and not the English localization of that title is. So we have to wait a little bit, but the movie will be produced by Production IG and more information will be revealed on September 24th. Now, I personally have not seen Haiku. I have read volume one, two, and three, and I thought it was actually pretty solid, but I haven't read it since. That's probably another to be read. All right, let's get into some fan questions. For those of you that are new here, I'm someone who believes in honesty and transparency. So every episode, I'm going to open up a thread on Twitter asking for fan questions. So if there's a question that you'd like to see me answer, whether it's serious or non-serious, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. Ask away so you can hear your question answered on this episode. The first question comes from Dark Roast Weeb. They ask, what's the weirdest manga you have ever read this one was a bit tough because i do have a few weird manga but the number one that i feel like fits that bill perfectly is heaven's door extra works by keichi koike currently right now it's published in english by last gas books it also published barefoot gen here in the u.s the reason why i picked this one is because each chapter this whole book pretty much is an anthology series meaning that each chapter is its own separate self-contained story but within each self-contained story there's like a different psychedelic and trippy twist with each one there's just like one chapter where there's a kid that encounters like a bunch of turtles in the street for some reason and then there's another one where actually you can see it right on the cover there's these two kids that are in a dream sequence with each other trying to get somewhere there is a point where they end up witnessing the detonation of a nuclear bomb right in front of it and it's just like really cool two-page spread i think on the back 
of the book in the description it says and i quote a drug in paper form so there you go currently right now you can pick it up on last gasp books website for around 20 dollars but Right Stuff and Amazon might have it cheaper. As far as the international crowd goes, I believe it's on Better World Books. And also, because they're a smaller publisher, they're more likely to work with your local bookstores to carry it. So I would recommend to see if it's there. Up next, this question comes from Kier. They ask, over the years, what has changed in your use of social media listening tools to find out about updates? This is a really good question. And when I thought about it, I was never really too aware of how I got my information, really. Before starting this Manga Alerts account, I would often just let the news come to me, either through those like pop culture accounts like Dextero, Culture Crave, or whatever is like popular on Reddit at the time. And I used to watch a lot of YouTube commentaries as well too. So whatever topic they would bring up, I would take a listen into it. But as I got older, I started to cross-reference stuff because I took journalism in my middle school class. And one of the things that kind of blew my mind was, hey, so when you see a piece of news to read more than just one source, because oftentimes that one single outlet could miss something that another one could pick up. And over time, I started to see that a lot where one outlet or article misses something that another one doesn't or vice versa. And I kind of grew into this need of wanting to get the full picture of something. It just made me want to seek out like the source of truth for everything. So when I got more into anime and manga, more specifically when I started this account, I still use those like aggregator accounts. I do a really good job of compiling information such as Maga Magura, Anime Intelligence and Research, Weekly Shonen Jump underscore Manga, and Anime News Network. Some of them do post the source of information where they get it, and other times they don't. And again, this isn't like an attack on any of them, because this happens not just with them specifically anime and manga, but this happens with regular news, sports, video game news. It happens everywhere, right? So for example, oftentimes we'll get an announcement for a series that has like oh, this series has XYZ copies in circulation, or oh, this series received a reprint. And oftentimes there's like an illustration or something else that gets announced with that news that gets missed. So recently what I started to do was track down where that information comes from, which most of the time comes from the mangaka themselves. And what I'll do is I will quote retweet and provide that extra context so that you guys can not only see, oh, hey, this series got a reprint in Japan, or, oh, this series reached 100 whatever million copies in circulation in Japan, but this is the manga's Twitter. This is the account where I can get more information from if I so choose to want to pursue that route. Because for me, it's like, I want to provide that resource versus like keeping everything gated to like oh well i'm the number one source for information i just don't feel like that's wrong for me to gatekeep that information because it's not mine and again going back to journalism 101 right you should always provide a source when you can or if you're not going to provide a source at least be accurate with it especially now with leaks being so prevalent in the anime slash manga community i always take those leaks whenever i see them 
with a grain of salt and I'm always going to wait for the official channel to make their announcement before creating a news posting. Hey, this received an anime adaptation or, oh, this will receive a season two or, oh, hey, this is getting a movie or something. So for example, there is an account called Kimitsu Daily that reports on Demon Slayer news. And recently they released a tweet stating that the Demon Slayer Infinity Castle arc will be split into a trilogy movie. Behold your horses, because there's no official source to that claim. The actual source comes from a leak account that mentioned that Infinity Castle will be getting a movie, but that's it. There was no mention of a trilogy and people just went wild with it. And there was actually a few people who went and questioned that person. And when questioned, hey, where's your source? Nothing. Like there's no check. Like they just took it and called it a day. So TLDR, there has been a change from when I was younger to when I'm older. I definitely stopped taking in just one, like one source and calling that like my main source of truth. I've started to like look at other things and kind of cross-reference. And I feel like that's kind of what helped me build my honesty and transparency on the account because again in the anime manga community for some reason that just doesn't happen here you just see information and pass it versus you see information take like the extra few seconds to double check and confirm that information is legitimate or not and then post it so final part kind of wrap things up what have i been reading and watching well i did finish reading burn the house down so I'm currently in the process of writing that review, which should be coming out soon, but I'm still trying to work out like what I want to say, what I don't want to say, how can I format it? So stay tuned for when that drops. With that finished, what's next? Well, thanks to Chica from Shoujo Sunday, Vampy from Shoujo Say News and Info, and Colleen from Colleen's Manga Rex, which by the way, if you haven't, check them out, they're great. They ended up putting me on Basara by Yumi Tamura. And that's the next title that I'm reading right now. Currently, I'm reading it through the Viz Media app, Shoujo Beat, which is Viz Media's Shoujo imprint, currently holds the license, but the physical volumes, as far as the US goes, are out of print. I mean, you can still buy the volumes digitally for around like $7 each on Amazon and other digital platforms. But for my physical collectors out there, good luck. I know some volumes go up to like 100 $32, which is insane. So first impressions, I'm definitely interested to see where the story goes. The setup in the first chapter really does a good job introducing the predicament that the character is in, sort of the call to action conflict that our main character is in. And I'm very curious to see how it plays out in the end. As far as anime goes, again, I've been still slacking on watching anime, not gonna lie to you. But I'm definitely going to use these few days off I have this week to catch up on some shows. And with that, that is today's episode. So again, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to me. I really appreciate the fan questions. From the first episode, I got a lot of good feedback. I actually got a DM from someone thanking me for this episode, which I'll be honest, that hit me a lot harder than it should. Because the fact that I was able to produce something completely from scratch and have that effect on someone it's just gratifying and that's what's going to push me to keep doing this more and 
in the end, right, I don't care if this podcast only gets like what, one or two listeners a week or something. I'm not here for the numbers. What I'm here for is to provide myself an outlet to kind of ramble on about this stuff and talk and find people who are as passionate as I am so we can talk about it, right? So with that, you can follow me on most social media platforms under at Manga Alerts. So this includes Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and exciting news, this podcast is now available on most listening sites now, meaning Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast. And if there's a site that I'm not on, let me know so I can figure out how I can be on there and I'll be there. My next step is to try to design like a layout for YouTube so I can put it on there as well too. Because I feel like YouTube is definitely a good area for me to like explore and figure out. With that, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.